Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Today's sermon title is Mild, Medium, or Hot, Revelation chapter 3. Father, we love you today. Lord, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. Saints, come on, lift your hands with me. Lord, we, we thank you for your word today. We ask you to speak to us. Lord, fire us up. Cause us to move out of compromise and complacency, Father, to being on fire and sharing the good news of what Jesus has done in our lives. We pray that you would do that work. Give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the word. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people agree and said, amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 2 and 3. You got your pen? You got your pad? Revelation chapter 2 and 3 are seven messages from Jesus Christ to the seven churches of Asia Minor, which on your map today is modern-day Turkey, which is where we just came from, Istanbul, modern-day Turkey. God is giving these seven churches an x-ray of their spiritual condition. First of all, he talks to Ephesus. He calls Ephesus, we call Ephesus, the loved one, the darling church that left their first love. If you peruse your Bible with me, you'll find in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And then secondly, the church of Smyrna, the persecuted church. Jesus said, I will give you a crown. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And then Pergamos, the objectionable church. Satan married this church in Revelation 2, 12 through 17. And then the church of Thyatira. Thyatira means continual sacrifice. In Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. And then Sardis, the church of Sardis. They failed to be watchful. And Jesus said, snap out of it and wake up. Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And then the church of Philadelphia. That's where I'm from, y'all. <laughs> Philadelphia in the house. The church of Philadelphia. This church kept his, kept his word, and they had little strength, and they did not deny his name, and they were given an open door of evangelism that no one could shut. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7 through 13. The church of Philadelphia, listen, the Lord had nothing negative to say about that church. But here we are at the church of Laodicea in chapter 3, verse 14. We call this the last day's apostate church. And unlike the church in Philadelphia where the Lord had nothing negative to say, the Lord has nothing good to say to the church in Laodicea. Revelation chapter 3, we pick up in verse 14, saints. If you're looking at verse 14, let me hear you say a hearty amen. Amen. And to the angel of the church, underline this, of the Laodiceans, of the Laodiceans, right? These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, 
the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And because you say I am rich and have become wealthy in need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked, I counsel you, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and do what, saints? Repent. Do what, saints? Repent. Behold, somebody read verse 20 with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Somebody read verse 20 with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. And to him who overcomes in verse 21, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear. Now we have two. He who has an ear. Let him hear what the spirit says to the church. Saying stop right there. Give me your attention. The year. The year is AD 95, 96. And the church is under extreme persecution and Uh, heavy persecution. The apostle John is the last living apostle and he's around a hundred years old. He refused to worship false gods. And so they sentenced him to death. And after many attempts to kill John, he wouldn't die. So Nero banished him to a small Island, 50 miles away from the city of Ephesus, the Island of anybody know Patmos. Very good. The Island of Patmos is 10 miles long and five miles wide. It was on the Island of Patmos that God gave John the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice in verse 14 again, please look at it. In verse 14 again, to the angel of the church, did you note this? Of the Laodiceans. Now, this is different, and I had you point this out, and I had you underline it, because this is different, because all the other letters are written to the church in, there you go, to the church in Ephesus, in Sardis, in Thyatira, Pergamos, Philly. But this says to the church of the Laodiceans. In other words, it's their church. Now, how do you know that, Rodney? Well, the name Laodicea comes from two words if you're taking notes. Laos, L-A-O-S, means people. And diakao, D-I-K-A-O, means to rule. It means, Laodicea means to the rule of the people. In other words, people in this church rule the church. It wasn't ruled by the Lord. Are you listening? It wasn't ruled by the Lord. Are you listening? It wasn't ruled by the Lord. It wasn't, thank you, sister. It wasn't ruled by the Holy Spirit. It was ruled by the people. It was their church, and they left Jesus out of their church. And this church was a practical, popular, polished church, but they were also powerless and putrid in the eyes of Jesus. Notice Jesus describes himself in verse 14. He is the what? Amen. In the Old Testament, when the Lord would use, would declare a blessing or a judgment to the people, the people would respond in Hebrew, Amen. I mean, 
which means let it be so or so be it. In the New Testament, this word is translated verily, verily, or truly, truly, or amen. Now, we think amen is something that you yell out in church when something that the preacher said, you really like it. See? That happens every time I preach a sermon. Every single time. It's clockwork. Amen. It's true. And so, and you know, and, and, and sometimes we think that amen is the period at the end of a prayer. You know, you say a prayer, you say Amen. It's almost like Roger Dodger, over and out, 10-4, good buddy. You know, we think it's the end of the prayer, but it speaks of, and if you're taking notes, please write this down. It speaks of something, amen, speaks of something that is fixed, unchangeable. It's truth. So Jesus is called the amen because when he speaks, it's absolute truth. Amen? Amen. These things saith the amen or the fixed one or the truth. Jesus is saying to this church, what I'm about to say to you may shock you, but you need to hear it because it's the absolute truth. Not only is he the amen, but go ahead and look at verse 14. He is also the faithful and true witness. He is faithful to tell them the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And what he says cannot be distorted, diluted, or falsified in any way. It may not be what you want to hear, but it will be what you need to hear. And what he is about to say is true, trustworthy, and reliable. Not only is he the amen, faithful, and true, but he is the beginning of creation of God. This word beginning, if you're taking notes, it means the origin or the originator or the source. In other words, Jesus is the originator or the cause of creation. John chapter 1 tells us all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 tells us for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. All things were created through him and for him. He is the source of creation. Jesus is saying to this church, what I am saying to you is relevant to my nature and I am the one who is truth embodied. Now, listen, look at me. Give me your attention. Let me tell you a little bit about the history of Laodicea. It's AD 61. And in AD 61, in Laodicea, there was an earthquake that hit the city. And it wiped out the city. The city was so rich and independent that it refused any help from the Roman government. And out of their own resources, they rebuilt the city and they built it even more beautiful. The Roman government says, hey, let us give you some money. Let us help you to rebuild your city. And they were like, no, 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 that's okay. We got this. We've got enough money. We are rich. We can take care of this ourselves. And they rebuilt the city and they rebuilt it even more beautiful. Real estate was awesome in this city. They had large, beautiful homes in this city, many of which were owned by Christians. Laodicea, listen, was known for its textile industry. There was a particular breed of sheep that bred um, black wool, this jet black wool, this jet black sheep in this area. And And this wool was like this glossy black wool instead of white wool. And it was used to mass produce several different kinds of outer garments called trimata, trimata, T-R-I-M-A-T-A, trimata. 
And, and, and this was particular to Laodicea. This garment became so famous in the world, instead of calling Laodicea, Laodicea, they called the city Trimateria. So anybody who knew about Laodicea and they knew of the city, you would walk up to somebody and say, hey, where are you from? They would say, hey, I'm from Trimateria. Everybody knew that Trimateria was Laodicea because of this outer garment that they all wore and that they knew. Jesus is going to tell them that they need garments that are white. Are you kidding me? They need garments that are white. Laodicea was also famous for its medical center and its medical school. The medical school was known for its eye ointment. The eye ointment was called Tephra Phrygia. Thank you, Jesus. I remembered it. Tephra Phrygia is the name of this eye ointment that actually came in powder form. And you could take water and mix it up, or you could take oil and mix it up. And if you had an eye infection, you would put it in your eyes and it would heal. So Laodicea was, was, was kind of a Bank of America, Nordstrom's, and Duke University Medical Center all rolled up into one. Are you with me, my people? All rolled up into one. Now, the only negative thing about the city is that it didn't have its own water supply. The city's water was piped in from two locations. You take in those, number one, Hierapolis, and number two, Colossae. From Colossae, the cold water was piped into Laodicea, but by the time it traveled the distance, it wasn't cold anymore. It was warming or tepid. And from Hierapolis, where the water was hot, the, the hot water was also piped in, but by the time it reached Laodicea, it had cooled down so much that it was lukewarm. So saints, listen to me closely. I'm telling you all that to tell you this, that Jesus is choosing his words very carefully here as he speaks to this church. With their banks, they thought they were rich, but spiritually they were poor. With their wool, they thought they were sharp and decked out in the latest fashions from Nordstrom's, but spiritually they were naked. With their eyes sad, they thought they could see just fine, but they were spiritually blind. Look at verse 15 and 16 in your Bibles. Now, Jesus goes straight to condemnation. Jesus says, I know your deeds. And I know that you are neither, what saints, cold nor hot. Is anybody reading that with me? Jesus says, I know that you are neither, what, cold nor hot. And in the Greek, it reads, oh, how I wish. There, there is a sense of, of, of heartbreak. There's a sense of, of, of uh, 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 my heart is breaking. That Jesus' heart is breaking. You know, almost like when Jesus said to Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, as he stood on the Mount of Olives and he looked over the Kidron Valley over into the, to the city of Jerusalem. And he looked over and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks. But you were not. And therefore, he could see their destruction in A.D. 70. His heart was broken there. Are you with me? And here his heart is broken as he says, oh, how I wish you were cold or hot. But because you are neither cold or hot, Jesus uses the lukewarm water to describe the lukewarm condition of this church. Now, the word cold, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It means to the point of freezing. Jesus says, you are as cold as ice. You are at the place of stony indifference. And the word for hot is the Greek word zestos, Z-E-S-T-O, zestos. And it means hot to the point of boiling. 
like the disciples said. Remember when they were walking and they said, did not our hearts burn within us? Zestos. Did not our hearts burn within us when we talked to him? You see, this is someone who is fired up and hot and zealous. And Jesus is saying, I would rather you be as cold and stony as ice or so hot you are reaching the boiling point, but you are neither cold nor hot. You're lukewarm. You're tepid. Now, let me ask you a question. Are y'all listening? Is there anything more disagreeable than something that is lukewarm or tepid? I don't know about y'all, but I like my food hot. Where my hot people at? I like my food hot. There's nothing more disagreeable than lukewarm food. There's nothing more disagreeable. Somebody comes over your house and you say to them, "Uh, hey, come on in, have a seat. Would you like a nice cup of lukewarm coffee? You go, uh, no. If you could just uh, pop that thing in the microwave, that would be great. Nobody wants a cup of lukewarm coffee. Nobody wants a bowl of lukewarm ice cream. It's a hot day. What am I saying? What are you you saying? What what are we we talking about here? Who wants a bowl of lukewarm ice cream? It's hot outside. It's burning up. And you come, hey, would you like a nice bowl of lukewarm ice cream? You're going, "Uh, no, Thank you. Nothing more disagreeable than that which is lukewarm. Jesus says, I want you to be on fire for me or frozen cold, but not lukewarm. But because you stay in the middle, I will. King Jimmy says, I will spew you out of my mouth. Now, new King Jimmy says, I will vomit you. King Jimmy says, I will spew you out of my mouth. I will spew. And think about that. That's not a word we use very often. Spew. When's the last time you used that word spew? I mean, we don't really don't, nobody uses that word anymore. I mean, it's like spew. It sounds like a lady's word, doesn't it? Spew. Even ladies. You know when ladies' stomach's upset? La- that sounds like a lady. It's like spew. Ladies spew. Lady, oh, my stomach was upset. I just had to go to the restroom and spew. Like this, this is a great Bible study. This is just great, isn't it? I just spew. You know, it's just like a lady's word, right? Guys, we don't spew. Guys, we vomit. Where my brother's at? We hurl. Somebody once said that they called it, they called it a gastric geyser. I like that. Or Mount St. Hurl. That's that's guys. We hurl. I mean, guys, we I don't spew. Like spew. No, that's not men. Men are like, mm-mm. <laughs> And stuff is just going all, all over the bed. Your head spinning around. I mean, we just, man, we just go at it. Why? Why does that happen? Well, listen, when, <laughs> when listen, when you vomit, you, what, what's happening here? What's happening? When you're, I don't know. When, when, you're, when you vomit, you're, you're violently, listen, expelling something from your body that is unhealthy for your body. And Jesus says to this church, there is something about it that is unhealthy for his body and that it makes him nauseated. And Jesus says, I want to puke. Jesus looks at the Laodiceans and says, you are neither cold nor hot and you're breaking my heart. And I wish you were, or were on one end or the other, because at least there would be clarity. 
And the problem in the church today, Samad, the problem in the church today is that there's no clarity. Nobody knows. Everybody's saying they're a Christian, but nobody lives like one. We say we love Jesus, but we don't do what he says. Jesus said, if you love me, then do what I say. It is as simple as that. We want to make it all complicated. If you love Jesus, then you do what he says. That's it. It's not that hard. If you love him, you do what he says. You keep my commands, he says. But the problem in the church today is that we are saying that we love him, but we are not doing what he says, and thus to the world there is no clarity. And perhaps in your life, if you feel unbalanced in your life, maybe it's because there's no clarity in your life. Maybe it's because you're trying to live in the church and live in the world at the same time. So you got one foot in the church and you got one foot in the world, which to me is the most miserable person on the earth. Because you got too much of the Lord to be happy in the world and too much of the world to be happy in church. But then I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there because that's the truth. That's the truth. And Jesus says, I wish that you were either on fire or just cold. But because you're neither hot or cold and you're lukewarm, I feel sick. There's no clarity. I think of uh, Elijah on Mount Carmel. First Kings chapter 18, we were just on Mount Carmel last week. And I think of Elijah as he's as just before he killed the 450 prophets of Baal. And he gets the people together and he said to the people, how long will you go between two opinions? Or the King Jimmy says, how long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then serve him. And if Baal is God, then serve him. Listen, you got to bring some clarity in your life. If you want to live a balanced life in Christ, there's got to be clarity. You got to serve somebody. Listen, I'm going to tell you straight. Can I keep it real, my people? I'm going to keep it straight. If you don't want to serve Jesus and you want to serve Satan, then serve him 100% with every fiber of your being. Do your thing, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah, I said, I'm a pastor. I'm telling you. Do it. Do it. At least God can deal with you because he knows you're as cold and stony and indifferent as it comes. And he can deal with you. But if you are a Christian, then equally you serve Jesus with 100% of every fiber of who you are. Uh, The day I gave my life to Christ, 29 years ago today, I told God, I will serve you like I serve Satan. And I stayed up all night serving my flesh. I stayed up all night long and didn't go to work. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, y'all too spiritual. Okay, I'm in the wrong church, all right? Who knows what I'm talking about? Let's go there again. All right, thank you. I, I, served, I served my flesh, and I did my thing. I stayed up all night doing my thing. And then I went to work all day long. And I told the Lord, I said, if I can serve Satan with that amount of energy and that much zestos and that much zing, then when I become a Christian, God, I'm going to serve you the same way, and I will serve you until I drop. 
Because you've got to make a decision. There has to be some clarity in your life. You're going to serve somebody. You've got to make up your mind who you're going to serve. Now, in the Greek language, listen, there are two words for lukewarm. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The first meant going from cold to hot. And the other meant, you guessed it, going from hot to cold. Jesus used the word that meant going from hot to cold or you're cooling off. They lost their zeal. They lost their fire. They were cooling off. Question, are you cooling off? I mean, really, can you say today that I love Jesus and I am as excited about Jesus today as the day that I gave my life to Jesus? If not, then you've been cooling off. I remember when I first became a Christian, I told you I was a Jesus freak. I was a fanatic. I was nuts. I was crazy. The week after I gave my life to Christ, I thought, this is the best news anybody has ever. I've got to tell the entire world. I thought the whole week. I've got to tell the whole world now how I'm going to do this. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.